What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness, the podcast that focuses on sports cards, collectibles, the hobby, and everything else in between. This is the second part of a special two-part episode we've had with Tim Gallagher. Again, he is the goat of autograph collecting. He's got over 25,000 autographs in his collection. He's gotten things signed from the likes of LeBron, Kobe, MJ. Last week, we covered the vintage side of things and Jordan, and this week, we're going to get a bit more into LeBron, how he got his autograph so young and how he kind of stayed with it. It's a great story, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Kick is on the way, and it is So, Tim, before I fast forward a bit to the LeBron era, because I, I want to hear about how you got LeBron's autograph, just given yes. that he was a star from a very young age, and there probably was never an, an easy time to get his autograph. Before I do that, one very quick question for you. How many things off the top of your head do you think you've gotten signed in your life through the mail and in person in total, give or take a few thousand? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I had the... the uh, I, the calculation of a, a conservative number that was, you know, like 20 to 25,000, um, you know, where if you kind of break it down by, well, if I got this many per year for this many years, right. And uh, let, let's say I, you know, for 50 years, I got 500 items a year. You right. know, that, that that's, that's a very possible number. Um, I mean, considering my brother and I, you know, again, things have changed a little bit, but back in our, uh, heavy final four or, um, NBA summer league, uh, you know, three or four days that we'd get hundred or Chicago pre-draft camp when that was more accessible, we'd get two, 300 things signed just over the course of a couple of days, uh, you know, a piece. So amazing, you know, considering that we're pretty relentless through the mail and going to other games and, um, things like that, you know, that that's probably, uh, that's impressive. Yeah, although, the, you know, it was never, I'm going to try to get to this many or, you know, it was just an ongoing uh, effort, right? It, it, you yeah. know, a lot of the fun is in the pursuit and the chase of it as well. You know, I still kind of, you know, don't get a lot of joy into buying things, but if it's to kind of, you know, fill a, uh, fill a gap or that's the only way you can get a player or they passed away or, you know, it, you know, certainly for me, the, the fun is you know, having that in-person encounter, um, having something in my folder that I've carried around of some NBA scout that's a former player that, you know, I know one of these days, you know, he's going to be, you know, in a place where I am and boom, there he is. And I've got it. And awesome. one, one of my uh, friends who uh, I got to know during the Phoenix years, he, he was a big fan, but not a collector, but he was, you know, a guy that enjoyed going along for the ride. So we'd go to NCAA tournaments and you know, we did a few things where we do like the 12 games in four days, like one year, Charlotte and Winston-Salem, both were hosting regionals. So, you know, it was four games, Thursday, four games, Friday, two games, Saturday, two games, Sunday. And, you know, and it was doable just due to logistics. And, but then, you know, part of it was getting the team autographs, who's there scouting, who's broadcasting the games. You know, we were, very detailed in terms of all the possibilities. So we'd see somebody scouting, you know, through the binoculars across the arena, 
right? And uh, my buddy, Andy, who's since has passed away, but he called it the triple whammy, which was, you know, A, that I was uh, prepared enough to have something of, of this guy in my folder, you know, B, I was able to recognize them <laughs> you know, among a crowd, you know, in their street clothes. And then C, that I was able to produce it on kind of a moment's notice and make the encounter happen, right? And, you know, he witnessed that many times to the point where he called it the, the triple Rammy, right? We're, we're watching a game in Charlotte and, oh yeah, there's, uh, oh, that's Phil Hubbard over there. I think he's, he scouts for the Cavs now or Detroit, I think, but Oh yeah, I've got that Phil Hubbard card in my uh, folder because I knew he was a scout. And then I'd race off at halftime or in between games, get it signed and come back. And he'd just be shaking his head, right? He he saw that happen many, many times. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. All right, Tim. So how did you get LeBron? How did you get like probably one of the more impossible people uh, to sign things? How did you get him to sign stuff? Right. So there's a good story here. So I mentioned going to those Pacers games, for example, um, and one of my buddies that was along for the ride for a lot of those, also a big fan and enjoyed uh, being along for the ride, so to speak, but not a collector, really. You know, just enjoyed seeing it all happen, having the interaction with the players, even though he wasn't a collector. He appreciated the experience uh, aspect of it. So, uh, and that friend is a guy named Kim Otten, who's a, a good friend to this day. And, uh, has lived for many years uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, a, a little, uh, little clue there. So again, known me since I was a kid, you know, knows what I'm interested in. So when LeBron first came on the scene and of course being from Ohio, you know, I kind of had an early awareness of him, you know, because of that, uh, just tracking Ohio high school basketball and, and that, that type of thing. Well, you know, there started to be some things uh, about LeBron in slam magazine uh, student sports. He was on the cover of that. Um, not the Sports Illustrated cover yet, which is a key uh, tipping point in, in, in all of this. Um, so he, there were some photos of him and Slam, not not a cover, but, you know, a, a feature about him pretty early on, uh, also in student sports, which I looked at the student sports picture that I have signed and the article was written by Brian Winthorst, <laughs> who uh, obviously we we all see and hear him all the time now yep. on uh, ESPN and podcasts and covering the league. And um, probably not a coincidence that he was you know, with LeBron from the beginning and someone that, you know, kind of had access early on and was able to, to leverage that to quite a career. So anyway, I'm in touch with my friend, Kim. I said, Hey, you, I'm sure you know about this guy, LeBron. And, and again, you know, we'd gone to high school all-star games and things in, in Ohio growing up and following all the, you know, we both played for our high school teams as well. And, you know, we're, you know, again, no detail too minor for us in terms of following the game and being interested. So I said, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this guy, LeBron, you know, back in your area, you know, you planning to go see him play anytime soon. He said, yeah, yeah, we're going to, you know, I've been meaning to do that. And I said, well, uh, can I send you some stuff to get signed? You know, you know, you, you know, my deal, Kim, you know, Kim is my buddy and, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, go send it. I'll, I'll see what I can do, you know. And um, so he and his wife, um, they didn't have kids yet. This was kind of early on in their marriage. They went to a game. I've, I've asked him to look for the ticket, although, you know, for a, a weekday high school game before LeBron really blew up, you know, 
it might have been just like a ticket you'd get at the fair, right? Like no, yeah. nothing that's even, uh, you know, aesthetically interesting, if, if there even was anything. So there is no, t- no ticket, but he went to uh, an early on game. Uh, he, he, he remembers it was a weeknight um, and they saw LeBron play, obviously an impressive guy. I probably had, you know, five or six pictures and two index cards that I'd sent him magazine pictures, just tear, you know, tear out yep. from slam magazine. Most of the ones from slam were black and white photos. Uh, the student sports was a color photo. I've, I've posted them over, over the years, I think a, a time or two. So anyway, Kim and his wife wait after the game. He said, you know, again, telling me later, uh, you know, no entourage, no handlers, not heavily attended uh, game. And so they approached him afterwards and uh, he was nice. And Kim, in fact, Kim said his wife, Marilyn said, boy, isn't it something for someone so young to have their picture in magazines already? And, you know, he kind of laughed about it. So, so got, got, got them signed. You know, it's a, he, it's a smaller signature and um, you know, with the Jersey number, you know, LeBron James 23, but kind of a smaller. And so, um, I sent him a stamp return envelope, you know, sometime later, the pictures all came back. Great. Nice to add him to the collection. But, you know, at that point, you know, is he going to turn out to be an all-time great or is, you know, one of those guys that, you know, was, was a good high school prospect, but for whatever reason, didn't achieve what we all hoped, right? No, no forward thinking other than, you know, thank goodness, you know, slam and some other, you know, publications had a few things of him to even get. Um, And so, not long after that, the Sports Illustrated issue, the chosen one came out. And that kind of changed everything, right? So especially then, once someone was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, that was, you know, that was significant, right? right. And and as you probably know, there's a whole world of Sports Illustrated collectors and getting Sports Illustrated covers signed by everybody, by whoever's on Sports Illustrated. Yep. Um, and um and so his accessibility and signing habits really changed after that. In fact, later that same season, they came out and played. I, I, I may not be, there's probably some LeBron historians that, that may have me off on my timing a bit, but either later that season or the next season, Akron St. Vincent St. Mary came out here and played at UCLA against Modern Day, the you know, powerhouse Orange County Modern Day. And I'd gone to some of the big high school events like that out in LA over the years, always able to get, you know, Dwight Howard, Sebastian Telford, whoever the star players were, you know, accessible, able to get them. Um, You know, it maybe took a little work, but always able to get the job done, right? Mission accomplished. Well, LeBron, again, having been on SI, he was he was a rock star already remember i it took a long while for jordan <laughs> in my view with lebron after that sports illustrated it seemed everything had changed well so yeah. uh, you know e- even then i thought well i was lucky to you know and there was no strategy of let's get these signed before he gets you know i didn't even, I had no idea he was even going to be on the cover of sports illustrated yet right you know just was lucky that i sent him when i did and and got him done when when I did. So, right. um, 
So yeah, those are the LeBrons. So I've got an index card and uh, I think three or four photos. One more is over at, at PSA now, you know, as I've slowly been going through things and, you know, trying to get all my Jordans, all my Maraviches, all my LeBrons, you know, guys like Will, all my Chamberlains, you know, kind of getting all those slabbed just, yeah, of course. just to preserve them. But also obviously if it, there comes a point where it's time to sell them, obviously they're ready to go now. Yeah. So, and so far everything's passed. So, um, which thankfully, and you know, I, I have a good story behind it, but I know they don't always take any of that into account. No, you never know what you're going to get. You know what, what stands out for me the most, Tim, is that you have kind of been there through all of basketball history. You've been there in the sixties and the seventies and the eighties, and then in the LeBron era. And because you were there consistently, you've been just able to get the autographs of the stars. And I'm sure quite a few, probably even more non-stars. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a testament to your consistency and dedication that you've built a collection this large. It's just, it's just amazing. I feel like I've, just gotten a course in basketball history, you know, it's wild. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's something that is easy for me to retain. I, you know, it's effortless to, you know, to observe and remember a a lot of this just because it was so significant and enjoyable to me. Sure. Um, sure. You know, talking about stories before I had a couple other quick ones I wanted to give you. And obviously uh, I know of your interest in, in the, in the Boston teams and and Larry Bird. Of course. Um, so, and, and this has been documented in some of the, the stories written about me, but I have a great Larry Bird story. I, oh, I touched a little bit on the, um, and, and Larry, you know, is, is not a, a real uh, uh, easy guy to approach. <laughs> uh, let's just put it that way. Uh, I, I've done that on occasion and you, you kind of get the steely eyed look that if you're approaching, you know, no words spoken, but the kind of the look of, if you're approaching me, this better be worth it. <laughs> you know, kind of a, you know, that's the unspoken look and vibe I've gotten from him, uh, you know, several times. And sometimes it's been a successful encounter. Other times it's, it's not, or he's taken what I've given him and almost kind of defaced it with what, how he signed it. And uh, so I've, I've had a wide range of experiences with, uh, with Larry. And that's why to me, it's uh, almost uh I don't know how to to digest that he's doing these signings, you know, all the time, and it's you know it takes a little of the the fun out of the history of this being difficult, right? And <laughs> I've heard through some ways, but I'm not. I'm glad more collectors can enjoy getting a signature on things. So that that you know that's the overriding part of it. But but going back to those days of the Pacers games, and again, and you could after the game would end, you could go wait by the locker room and there would be a a door and maybe one security guard, uh, you know, just basically not doing much, just making sure you didn't, no one, you know, went into the locker room that wasn't supposed to, right. They, there was no, you know, kid get away or, you know, what are you doing here? Um, So I'm waiting after the game for autographs. And, you know, obviously sometimes it's, you know, 30, 40, minutes or so before guys start trickling out, you know, de- depending on uh, the situation. And so uh, you kind of make eye contact with this older security guard, you know, Hey, 
you know, man, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just you know, going to get some of the guys autographs, you know, got my folder here and you know, hoping to get some cards and pictures signed. And he's like, well, if you're getting autographs, you should get that blonde headed boy leaning against the wall over there. And I said, oh, who's that? You know, who's he? And he said, well, his name's Larry Bird. And I said, well, I don't I don't know who that is. You know what? What's his story? And he said, well, he's going to play for Indiana State next year. You know, he's a he was a good high school player from around these parts. And you know, so it was basically during the year Larry was out, you know, you know, the legendary story where he you know, lasted uh, just such a short time at Indiana, went back to French Lick, you know, worked on, you know, the work on the garbage truck, which is, you know, he worked for the city. So I think he did a number of jobs, but, you know, the, the urban legend is, you know, he probably did work some on a garbage truck among other, other jobs working for the city. But I think this was in that window of time that, uh, you know, in between. So I w went over and had him sign an index card. So a good reason to have index cards, right? Because, uh, you know, you, you just never know who you might run into that, uh, that you want to have signed. So I had him sign it and uh, an index card. Again, his signature has also changed some uh, over the years, but you know that was a very early, early on signature. And I, and I was kind of curious why he was, you know, who he was waiting for or what was going on. And um, so as I'm getting things signed, there was a player named Steve Green that played at Indiana. Uh, he graduated in 75. So he was a year just ahead of the 76 undefeated team with Buckner and Scott May and Kent Benson and, you know, Wilkerson, Laskowski, you know, the, all those guys, but a very good player and played in the NBA and ABA. So he was playing on the Pacers at the time. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a journeyman forward for the Pacers, but uh, an Indiana guy as well. So he came out of the locker room and, Bird went over and they they talked. You know, I'm just kind of observing this from, you know, from a few feet away. And Steve Green hands Bird his shoes, his ba his basketball shoes, which, again, no one would have been collecting shoes at the time. You know, so it wasn't as a collectible. So, you know, as I've thought about that now, as the years have gone by, you know, he probably knew him from you know Indiana Connections, maybe even Indiana University, you know, they're both bigger guys. So maybe they wore the same size shoes and, you know, Larry wasn't a pro making millions of dollars for a while yet. Uh, you know, that was probably a distant dream. So they had their little exchange and he gave Bird his shoes. So that was a, again, a, another chapter in the book, I guess, of just my collecting experience. And again, a, a thank you to that security guard at market square arena that uh, tipped me off. <laughs> so Still didn't really know who Larry Bird was. And then the next college season, you know. Then you did. Yeah. You started hearing about this guy at Indiana State, you know, putting up 35, 40. And I'm like, well, that's that's the guy I saw after that Pacers game. So. Uh, right. The security so guard called him the, the blonde guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, I remember he had his, you know, kind of little Indiana dialect. That blonde headed boy leaning against the wall over there. I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, how he said it and what he said. Awesome. And of course, Larry was, I don't remember the encounter, you know, that vividly, but, you know, he certainly wouldn't have been engaging. You know, he, he complied and signed my <laughs> index card, but, um, you know, I think it was more of a look like, why would you want my autograph kind of thing, but he did it. Yeah. Excellent. So that's kind of a fun, uh, fun bird story. And, I love and it. it was a, a definite, uh, relief when he started 
becoming so successful that I already had his autograph. I mean, not knowing that he would be pretty tough to get, you know, in the, you know, once he got into the NBA with the Celtics. Right. You were all set. You already had the autographs. You were good. At least I had him on something. Yeah, exactly. So Tim, I got one final question. We ask everybody this question. Um, If you could sit down and get a coffee with any sports figure dead or alive, who would it be and why? Yeah. Yeah. I heard you ask Adrian Dantley that and the name that popped into my head, you know, just unfiltered was Al McGuire. So the former Marquette coach, I think most of the younger listeners would know of him as in his broadcasting career. Um, But, you know, a very eccentric, you know, I kind of have as big influences on my life, coach John Wooden, who, you know, very structured pyramid of success. You know, most people know about, you know, Coach Wooden and how he went about things. You know, Midwestern guy from Indiana, came out to UCLA and built the dynasty. And then there's Al McGuire. Um, He won the 1977 NCAA title at Marquette. But, you know, a New York City guy, kind of a seat of the pants, you know, go by intuition, uh, you know, gut instinct, you know, type of a guy, you know, and, and there's all kinds of great information about Al McGuire and how he, you know, went about things. And, um, but, you know, I was able to meet Al a few times, um, saw him speak at a, a, a corporate event um, after he'd retired from coaching, but was still broadcasting. But some buddies of mine uh, had him come speak at a sales conference up in Orange County. This is like 35 years ago, uh, but knew I was a big basketball fan and, you know, made sure I got in, you know, in, in the ballroom. And so just seeing Al speak to that group with no notes, no, you know, a whole ballroom full of people, no notes, no slides, just, you know, yet he had, you know, people, you know, you know, hanging on his every word, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, genuine. So, Al McGuire and I invite any of your uh, viewers and listeners that uh, to do some research on on Coach Al. He's he's a pretty fascinating guy, and um, uh, you know, just as Coach Wooden on the structured side, Coach Al is more kind of trust your gut, trust your instinct. Don't. And one of his things he'd say was, you know, don't over prepare in life, right? Or you're not a good coach unless you can, you know, scrap your game plan two minutes into the game when you see it's not working. Right. And just, you know, he kind of had a whole nother look at things. Uh, and Dick Enberg, uh, most people will know, you know, the legendary broadcaster, he was one of Al's broadcast partners for many years, uh, wrote a one man play, one man show called McGuire, where there's, you know, an actor, you know, that kind of captured the essence of Al kind of like, a, you know, someone would play Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln or, you know, you know, a one man show kind of thing. Well, this guy portrayed Al McGuire and um, being in San Diego, Dick Enberg lived in La Jolla his you know, last years of his life. And so that play uh, was uh, presented here, you know, a n- number of times. So that was another thing that kind of fueled my uh, Al McGuire interest. So, so I, my, Name that popped to my head was Al McGuire. Excellent. I like it. I did not know who he was until you just mentioned him now, believe it or not. So I feel like I, I need to do some some research now and start digging around. 
Um, very cool. Yeah, he, he's he's one of my life uh, heroes. Well, he actually played for the Knicks, so he mm -hmm. played at St. John's. His brother Dick McGuire is a Hall of Famer, um, but uh, Al also played at St. John's like his brother, and then played um, played for the Knicks briefly, and then got into coaching. He, he you know he wasn't a heavily skilled player, but, you know, good enough to make the league back in the pioneer days, sure. uh, you know, briefly with the Knicks, then got into coaching and um, kind of took Marquette to heights where they'd, they'd never been before. Uh, I mean, you would know some of the names, you know, Maurice Lucas, Jim Jones, Dean, the dream Memminger, yep. you know, George Thompson. So he really built that Marquette program, had a pipeline of uh, a lot of New York city players and um, yeah, just a fascinating, uh, character in life uh, as well as basketball great well tim uh thank you very much for coming on uh as i promised the audience i think we just spoke with the goat of autographs for sure not just that but i feel like i just i just walked through four or five decades of basketball history i mean i almost have to go back and listen to some of these names and um you know, they're just long forgotten. Right. So it, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on and, and talking about these different eras and getting autographs in these eras. So, so thank you. Thank you for joining. Sure. Well, it's great to talk to other collectors and kind of share the, the joy I've had from all these years of, of collecting and, um, you know, the other, I guess the closing comment, you know, you know I, after a, a long, uh, corporate life, I, I finally was able to merge my passion with cards and collecting and autographs with, uh, with my occupation. So I, I work for Robert Edward Auctions as a consignment director. And I've been in, in this uh, business now for a few years, a couple of consignments I had some years ago. Thank you, Michael Jordan and, uh, and <laughs> Pistol Pete and Will Chamberlain and uh, Kobe. Uh, you know, stuff I collected very innocently and without thought of future value, you know, way back when, you know, turned out to get me exposed <laughs> in a good way uh, to, the, to the industry and the hobby. And um, so if anybody wants to reach out about collecting a, or interested in buying things through our auction, interested in consigning things through our auction, would be happy to talk with them. So you, you can find me pretty easily through the Robert Edward Auctions website. Um, email Tim at robertedwardauctions.com. So uh, I, I'm out there and I do a post uh, every day on Twitter and Facebook from, from my collection. So a little, little sampling each day of, uh, of uh, basketball collecting memorabilia that uh, hopefully everyone can enjoy. Those, those posts are actually great because um every day I sort of see them like, Oh, wow. That is such a cool, such a cool autograph or such a cool photo. So um, definitely check them out, everybody. Yeah. Actually the one I posted today, uh, Phil Sellers, uh, he just passed away age 69, but it, it kind of uh, was touching to me because I was sort of a pen pal with him. You know, I, I wrote to him his freshman year at Rutgers and he wrote back and sent me a media guide. And then we started corresponding. And one of the things he wrote back, on, on an index card later on was a note to my dad it said to Tim's dad, I think you have a fine boy, you know, take good care of him, Phil Sellers. So when Phil just passed away the other day, it kind of took me back to, to that. And, uh, and my, my dad passed away a couple of years ago uh, as well, but um, it, it was kind of a cool uh, memory of uh, 
of Phil acknowledging my my dad. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty special. Yeah. So that was a, a that was kind of a fun one to uh, to pull out of the archives and display uh, this very day. But Great. hey, thanks for uh, indulging me on all the stories. It's always fun to talk about all this, and um, you know, look forward to continuing to to watch and listen to your uh, podcasts. Thank you, Tim. And uh, you heard him, audience. If you want to reach out, consign something, or probably just talk basketball, I would hit him up. Um, he knows a lot, and he's been through every era of it. So thanks again, Tim. Uh, this has been another episode of Sports Card Madness. All right, everyone, that concludes our first two-part special episode with Tim Gallagher. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast, Sports Card Madness, wherever you find your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify. We also have a YouTube channel, so go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.